Hi, I'm Mark Schroeder and welcome to my podcast. I'm a Christian who's convinced that the Bible is true and actually is the best way to get to know God, the one who has saved us in Jesus. This podcast is a collection of Bible bits and pieces, Bible talks that I've given in all kinds of contexts. You see, I'm an ordained Anglican minister working in Sydney, Australia as a college chaplain. My main role is to teach the Bible in a Peter 12 Anglican school. But also from time to time, I preach in church, I speak at youth groups, or I teach the Bible at other youth events. I hope that this podcast is a great way of you getting to know God a little bit better and helping you to figure out what it means to live for Him because of the saving work of Jesus Christ. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Here's another chapel talk. Uh, This one is on 1 Samuel. Um, and I'm going to be focusing in on a little section from chapters 1 to 3. Uh, if you are not familiar with the story of 1 Samuel, before you listen to this podcast, um, go and have a read of chapters 1 through to 3, uh, because while I won't speak on all those chapters, uh, it'll be helpful for you to know the flow of the story, um, because I will focus in on um, some parts from chapter 3 itself. Uh, in this podcast, we're going to focus in on how Samuel is the one who is establishes the next leader uh, for God's people. Uh, and what's great about Samuel is he's somebody who listens to the word of God and speaks that word out to God's people. Um, for us, that person is not Samuel, but that person is Jesus. Uh, because Jesus is the God who has come, who has spoken to us and who tells us how we should live uh, and how we um, ought to love God who has so loved us. All right, grab a seat, everybody. Thank you, Chapel Band. All right, so team number one, team number two, team number three, and four, and five, and six, and oh, we've got a, a seven up the back there. Uh, we played this last week. Let's see if you remember. King Caractacus has lost his thinking cap. Some say this and some say that. I say team number one. Then who, sir? Team number two, sir. Not us. (laughs) Come on, keep going. Then then who? Then who, sir? Team number three, sir. Then who, sir? Team number four, sir. Oh, stop. I heard team number one, team number four. There's mass confusion. You see, how that game works, and we played that for the first time uh, two weeks ago with you, you need a leader, don't you? So what you need is you need somebody in your group to maybe try and designate the team that you're going to go for. So you might have noticed this teacher over here at least going like, team number this, like this. And then I saw another teacher over there trying to give you this, we're going for this team. But nobody's watching, nobody's looking. So maybe decide now who will be your leader, who is going to lead you in this game. Make sure it's a good leader. Make sure it's not a scoundrel, right? Who's a good leader? Who is your leader going to be? All right, three, two, one. Here we go. King Caractacus has lost his thinking cap. Some say this and some say that. I say team number five. Then who, sir? Okay, stop. That's a great example. Yeah, hey, were you meant to be their leader? Yeah, yeah you're a scoundrel, man. That's not working. Okay, so if you're going to be a leader, step up and actually lead. Okay, let's try again. Uh, King Caracas has lost his thinking cap. Some say this, some say that. I say team number two. Not I, sir. Then who, sir? Team number three, 
Oh, good. Last game now, last game. King correct because lost his income. Some say this, some say that. I say team number four. Nice, then who, sir? Team number five, sir. Come on, five, let's go. Oh, Good job. Who, sir? Team number three, the dogs. Three, 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 three. Go, come on. Come on, come on. Two, two. This is good. I love it. Six, six, six. Four, four. Oh, team number four. Fail. All right. Well done. <laughs> so year eight, you. That'll do. So, can I say, well done. That's the best That's the best week two of Chapel King Correctors game that I've seen so far. There's one or two scoundrels in the room that are like, I'm not playing this game. There's a couple of other scoundrels in the room that are like, I'm going to just try and lead my people astray. Uh, but I was really glad to see you guys actually just get into it. It's awesome. It's a lot of fun when we actually play along. Well, here we go. For God's people, remember, we're asking this question. Uh, who will lead? Who are going to be, who's going to be the leader for God's people? Remember, God's people have no king. People are just doing as they saw fit. Do you remember talking about that last time we were in chapel? People had no king. They did as they saw fit. And so the question is, who will lead? Now, in this story, hopefully when we get to this point, you might ask this question, but actually be able to come up with a potential answer. Who is going to lead? Are the leaders of God's people going to continue to be the guys that are working with the priest and the priest himself? Is it going to be a guy called Eli and his two sons? Or is the leader going to be somebody else? This is the question. Who is God going to get to lead? Will God raise up some sort of superb leader, someone with experience and a wonderful CV? Hand up if you've, hand up if you've got a wonderful CV at home. Do you know what a CV is? Uh, let me tell you. A CV is a document that you put together to basically put yourself out there to a prospective employer to say, I want to come and work in your business and I've got the goods. I've got what it takes. And so in there, you put a little cover page and the best photo of yourself that you might have. You might write in there stuff, stuff about where you live and it's some family details. You might write in there what you enjoy to do. You might even talk in there about your expertise in a particular field, right? And so that you're really good on computers or something. And so you put that detail in there. Maybe you put some marks in from your exams or some special course that you've done. And then you take that and you hand that in to the boss and the boss looks at it, maybe decides to interview you. And then if you've got the goods, he might even employ you, right? So that's what a CV is, this document. So maybe, maybe there's somebody, someone out there with a wonderful CV, some guy who, who's had great experience in leading people and is going to be the right person to come along and lead God's people so that then they have a king, the king that they want, the king that they think that they need. Maybe that person's going to come along. Nope. It's not going to be some magnificent grown, full-grown bloke who's done this leadership stuff before. In fact, we're going to see that it's somebody else. We're going to see that via a strange family situation, which you've read in House Tudor, God raises up somebody else. Did you see who it is? 
Have you read and seen who it is? This, that's right, this guy's name is Samuel. Hopefully you've read about a guy called Elkanah and his two wives, Peninnah and Hannah, and how Hannah ends up having a child after many years of not having a child, and that child's name is Samuel. And because God gives her this child, she dedicates the child to God, doesn't she? She says, I will hand this child over to work for God in God's place. And so Samuel goes and he lives with the priest. The priest's name is Eli. And Eli knew that Samuel was going to come. The problem is, though, Eli had two sons. And actually, as you read about Eli's sons, you come to discover that his sons are good-for-nothing bums. Did you see that in the story? His sons are scoundrels. His sons are people who are actually leading God's people the wrong way. They're not behaving as they ought to. Some of you were being scoundrels in that game of King Caracas, right? You're sort of shouting out other things and confusing your team and leading your team the wrong way and even leading them to disaster whether you don't actually win that round of King Caracas. Eli's sons were a little bit like that. You see, what they were doing is there were big pots that people would come and they would put chunks of meat in as offerings to God. Who likes a big juicy steak? I love a good, big, juicy steak. Uh, I love a steak, actually, like a lamb steak, where it's got the, the fat bits around the outside, and it gets, oh, it's so delicious. I love it. The thing is, Eli's sons, they also love the fatty bits of the meat on a steak. And so when somebody came along and they offered up this chunk of meat to God, like they're supposed to, what Eli's sons would do is they would get a fork, and before the fatty bits of the meat had actually been melted and offered up to God as an offering, they would steal the meat out of the pot and eat it like a barbecue dinner for themselves. Could you imagine? Like that, that is a great insult to God, isn't it? Here's an offering that's meant to be given to God because somebody's giving an offering because of their sin, and yet... These priests' kids are in there mucking around with the offerings and eating them for themselves. These guys are scoundrels. They're cheeky. They've got no regard, actually, for even God. And that's bad news. Is that the sort of leader that you think we want for God's people? No way. This is not the sort of leader that we want. And so in light of this family situation where... Hannah gives birth to Samuel. She hands Samuel over to Eli to live in the temple with him and the other priests. We actually see that God reveals himself to Samuel and speaks to Samuel. Let's have a look at that scene now. And where it takes place is is in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And Samuel's asleep, lying in bed. And then this happens in chapter 3 verse 10. The Lord came and stood there calling as at other times to Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. This is going to be a big deal, right? Verse 12. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family. How long? forever because of the sin that he knew about his sons blasphemed God and Eli failed to restrain them therefore I swore to the house of Eli the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering that's a complicated reading but simply this is God saying to Samuel I am going to remove Samuel and his sons from leadership 
They are not going to be the leaders of my people. I'm going to establish a new leader. Let's read on. Samuel lay down. So he goes back to sleep until the morning. And then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And he was afraid to tell Eli the vision. That makes sense, doesn't it? God has just told Samuel that Eli and his boys are going to be removed from leadership. And all of a sudden, Eli's coming in. Oh man, he's freaking out. But Eli called to him, Samuel, my son, verse 16. And Samuel answered, here I am. What was it that he said to you, Eli asked? Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything that he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. And Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what's good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. And he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord appeared, continued to appear to Shiloh, at Shiloh and there he revealed himself to who? Samuel through his word. You see, that reading shows us that God has changed things up. He has completely changed up the leadership of God's people. It was one priest and his sons, but because they have no regard for the Lord, they don't want to listen to God, they don't want to do what he says, God has removed them And instead, who does he employ into the position? This boy, Samuel, who's not a little kid anymore, by the way. He's probably a little bit older, but still, he's this young whippersnapper. Has he had much experience? No. Does he have a glorious CV and wonderful accreditation and all these skills to be a leader of God's God's nation? No. But God puts him in charge. Can you think why? Who is actually in charge? God is actually in charge. You see, God wants to speak to his people. And so what God does is he puts Samuel there because Samuel is somebody who listens to God's word. And Samuel is someone who just needs to speak God's words out to the rest of God's people. You see, Samuel is the leader that they needed. But God is the ultimate leader that they needed. They simply just needed to listen to the word of God and that was the job that Samuel was going to have. But the question is, will God's people actually pay attention? Will God's people actually tune in and listen to Samuel? Because Samuel isn't just speaking his own words. Samuel's speaking whose words? God's words. Are they going to listen? Well, can I say, Broughton, this is the same for you. This is the same for me as well, right? The thing is that God wants to speak to us. God wants to tell us things about himself. God wants to tell us how we ought to live in this world because he is our king and we are his people. And so God becomes man, doesn't he? And who is that man? Jesus. And Jesus comes and Jesus speaks to us. And as he speaks to us, he is speaking not some random words, but he is speaking the very words of God. And so the question is, are you listening to him? Do you listen to the words of Jesus? Jesus has the words of life, the words that will give you not just life for this day, but the life for all days, forever and ever, the way that Christianity put it, eternal life. Listen to these words from Revelation 3.20. Jesus says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Imagine Jesus knocking at the door saying, let me in. I want to come in and eat around your dinner table. That's a great idea, isn't it? 
When you're sitting around a table together and enjoying a banquet, you're doing it because you've got fellowship with those people, friendship, or maybe they're even your family. Here is Jesus and he wants to come and eat with us. Do you hear him? Are you listening to him? Are you paying attention? In Jesus, we have the wonderful words of life. I hope that you listen to them and that you pay attention to them and that better yet, I hope that you listen to them so that you would live. Thanks for listening to my podcast. Uh, I hope that was an encouraging opportunity for you to learn something more from God's word about how he has loved us and how he has saved us and who he calls us to be in Jesus. Feel free to get in contact with me via Twitter at MRK underscore Schroeder. 